Maybe midnight or midday Never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Lived enough life to say I heard your heart, I see your pain Out in the dark, out in the rain Feel so alone, feel so afraid I heard you pray in Jesus' name It may be midnight or midday It's never early, never late He gon' stand by what he claimed Let's get it, let's get it, let's get it It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me Podcast Maximize the Moment Podcast, time to grow and further our relationship podcast, time to be men and women of God podcast, time to get it, let's get it podcast, and we're going to get it from Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 15. Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 15, and the word of God says, This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Amen. Now, No shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one, there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man. He formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man the man became a living being verse 8 now the lord god had planted a garden in the east in eden and there he put the man let's go back now the lord had planted a garden in the east in eden and there he put the man he had formed the lord god made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good, aromic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon or Gihon. It's it winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man he took the man and he put him he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And today I want to talk about God. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about God the gardener. God the gardener. And before we do, we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to pray because we pray that God plants seeds in us today. We pray that his holy spirit falls on us 
throughout this podcast, throughout this listening, throughout this dialogue, throughout this communication, throughout this communal meeting that we have today with everyone that's on this podcast, whether it be today when you first hear it or if it be years down the road when someone listens to this podcast. But I pray that you have a breakthrough and I pray that you become rooted in these people, Father God. And I pray that your spirit, I pray that your son manifests himself within them. I pray that they become believers. I pray they become fortified. I pray that you allow all their talents to grow and that the magnification of the talents only magnify your glory. And I say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's plow forward. I'm going to give you an example before we move forward in the reading of the word and as we dissect this word and we get to my main subject matter. But I was reading the book Team of Teams, New Rules for Engagement for a Complex World, and it's written by General McChrystal Tatum, Tatum Collins. David Silverman and Chris Fusel, Fusel, I think how I pronounce his name. I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name. But there's a section called The Gardener. And within this section, the general uses the metaphor of a garden to explain shared consciousness and the cultivation it takes while leading people in teams that are made up of multiple teams. Hence the name of the book, Team of Teams. And regardless... Some points he makes are that gardeners plant, they harvest, and more of anything that they tend. And a passage from this book reads, plants are watered, beds are fertilized, and weeds are removed. Long days are spent walking human pathways or on sore knees examining fragile stocks. Regular visits by good gardeners are not pro forma gestures or of concern they leave the crops stronger so it is with leaders and the word of god says now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up for the lord had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground then the lord god formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being verse 8 now the lord god had planted a garden in the east and in eden and there he had put the man he had formed and god cultivates this entire planet he cultivates this whole entire planet. God speaks all life into existence. God speaks everything into existence. There is an entire universe here and God plants a garden. God plants a garden, a place where things are cultivated. The word cultivate is a fancy way of saying prepare or prepare for use. is to foster growth and to develop. And God made a place that fosters Growth. I need you to get that in your spirits. God made a place. He made the universe and he made a place that fosters growth, a place that's designated for the de development. And God, after creating creation in five days and on the sixth day and on the sixth day, God lastly creates man. He creates humankind in his image, just not any image, but a reflection of him, a reflection of who he is. That is an image of who he is. That is a snapshot. It is a reflection, a mirror of something, something that carries similar characteristics. It's not the thing, but something like the thing. And some of you guys haven't caught on to it yet. My kids are images of me and my wife. There are things they do 
There are characteristics, there are features, there are idiosyncrasies, there are mannerisms, there are habits, there are similarities that they have to us because they come from us. And it's no wonders that as human beings made in the same image as God, we have characteristics that parallel his. It is no wonder that we are creators, our artists, our singers, our musicians, and our thinkers, our lifesavers, our doctors, our lovers of the environment, our communal people filled with emotions and leaders. And as children of God, we have things that are naturally in us because of who we come from. And from the dust he formed, he formed, he formed the man and breathing the breath of life into the man that we know as Adam. He dropped him smack dab into the garden. God developed the garden. And once the man was formed, there he put the man in a place of cultivation. He put the man in a place of cultivation, a place that naturally lends itself to seed time and harvest. And he planted the man in the midst of everything he planted. He planted the man in the midst of everything that God planted. Out of all the places that God could have put the man, he put them in a place that innately targeted towards the fruitfulness, but not without effort. Now, anyone who has worked in a garden, whether around your house or for work or in your uncle's field or in your auntie's field or whoever, maybe a relative or maybe someone you knew, anyone who's worked in a garden know it comes with patience. It comes with some hard work. It comes with some commitment. It comes with dirty elbows and dirty hands and dirty clothes and dirty hair and all kinds of challenges. You have to continuously check on your plants. In other words, you must tend to the garden. You must work the soil. You don't do it out of pro forma. You don't do it out of courtesy. You do it because you're working the ground and you have an investment within that ground. And the Bible says the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it, to work it and to take care of it. Okay, what Lord? You mean you want me to not just to be fruitful, but I have to work, Lord? I can't just take what you've been given to me. I, I have to continue to work. I have to continue to serve, to plant, to tend and to water what I've been blessed with. What are you saying to me, Lord? God made an entire garden that was full of trees, pleasing to the eye and full of abundance. And I bet 10 times out of 10 better than any garden that we can imagine and did not just want Adam to sit back and enjoy the fruits of God's labor, but to work it and to take care of it. So where does this leave us? Number one, we see God not only cultivate this planet we call home, and and still are learning about, but we see God as the gardener of humanity as he establishes his people through Abraham and he continues to prune and tend the Israelites that go through hundreds of years of undulating and plants the prophecy of Jesus within the prophets of the Old Testament and gives the world Jesus, who is an example to follow in how we cultivate our lives and to live in spirit and in truth. Not to mention we have been born again, we have been grafted in, and now share in the same nourishing root after being given the gift of salvation through Christ and the harvest that will be collected once the Savior returns. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 13, the sifting of the tares, the the weed from the wheat, the sifting 
of the weeds. And although I'm not, I am speaking very widely and broadly over a spectrum of theological points, I believe you understand the message here. God did not just drop us here on the planet for us to figure things out. We are made in his image and have been given sovereignty over the planet. Something we have had no hand in creating, but have been given the grace to rule over it, to manage it, to develop it. The same is true with our lives. The life we have been given, the very breath we breathe has been given from God. And since we have been given ownership over something we did not bring about ourselves, we live for God who can cultivate our lives in such a way that we are fruitful in accordance to the will he has for each and one of us. Let us bring this down to ground level. The more obedient you are with God, the more he through you will cultivate the gifts, talents, and attributes that are warranted with the living kingdom of God. By being attached to God, allowing God's green thumb to work in our lives, by studying the word, by praying, fellowshipping, worshiping, and serving, and doing the things that please God, we continue to concede ourselves. We continue to consecrate ourselves and separate ourselves from the weeds that are in our lives. We separate ourselves from the sins that have infested our lives. We begin to heal and God is a God of healing. God is a God of cultivating. Development is not just about getting away from the bad things, but filling us more of who he is, all of his living water and goodness that we may be stronger in him. We may heal from abuse. We may heal from the brutality, the anger, the bad habits, the thoughts, the brokenness. We become whole. We become filled in Christ Jesus. God is the gardener of your life is what I'm getting to. Everything God creates, it reproduces and it grows. Look at the relationship between a gardener and, and the garden. The more I tend to the garden, the more I prune it and water it and break the soil, the more I yield back. The more time you spend with God and in the word and in prayer and open our hearts to trust God's will, the more he can foster, develop and break away the weeds and cultivate the produce that is meant to manifest in you, in your life and in the environment that is around you. This is all not without work and not without effort on our part, just as any garden. It takes patience, it takes fortitude, it takes willingness, it takes sacrifice, and most of all, hard work. Relationships take work. Relationships take work. The beauty is that God has a calling of cultivation for all of our lives, which is salvation and sanctification that happens as a part of living in Christ. I was stationed in the Midwest for almost five years. And the Midwest is full of corn that is grown for feeding animals. And never have I seen so much corn and corn fields in my life. And there's other produce like sunflowers and strawberries and apples and hot peppers and peaches and pumpkins and some other things that I'm sure I'm gonna miss. But my point is that those produce were grown for a reason. Through all the planting and, and plowing and growing season and storms and harvesting, there was a purpose. There was an intent behind it. And God has an intent when he created you for this time and space that you were planted. 
this time you were you were born on this planet. A gardener does not plant a seed without the intent to see it bloom. God, God's green thumb, his glory will shine in your life once you turn over what he's already has given you. Let the gardener of your of life, let the gardener of life be over your life. And I'll see you next time on another Maximize the Moment. Let's get it. Well, I seen my share of troubles, but the Lord ain't failed me yet. So I'm holding on to the promise, y'all, that he's rolling up his sleeves again. Said I seen my share of troubles, but the Lord